Blog Talk Radio. Hello, uh, this is Mike Vandervoort. It's Thursday, March 29th. I am losing count of the days and and the dates. I guess we have Easter weekend coming up, so that'll help get the calendar and a new month. Anyway, this is Mike. It's March 29th. We're doing another series, uh, another in a series of episodes uh, to in, to talk to bloggers that are serving as part of the Sherm 18 blog squad at the National Conference in Chicago in June. And our guest today is Ann Tompkinson. Ann, welcome to Drive Through HR. How are you? Uh, thank you, Mike. I'm um, I'm doing well, and I'm glad to be here. I've been looking forward to this opportunity for a while now. It's uh, one of the reasons I'm discombobulated is I've got my own conference that runs in two weeks. I'm going to work human next week, which I'm very excited about, but, and then trying to, you know, just trying to get everything done in advance of that so that I can travel for a few days. And so it's just, and then I did these shows and I, I've been, I've been sort of bemoaning my own uh, bright idea lately, but it actually, it's been really fun. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Um, this I think this is the first the first time you I know it's the first time you've been on drive through have you but you did a podcast with John Thurman and Wendy Daly not too long ago if I remember correctly or am I confusing you with some one of the many other bloggers that we've had come to the show here lately? <laughs> you are not confusing me. Well, other bloggers that you've had come on the show also did that podcast. But yes, I was um, a guest on John and Wendy's uh, HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast, and that was my very first podcast. Uh, guest slot ever. So this is only my second time. All right. Well, so good. So now you're experienced and we can, we can ask you all the tough questions that they didn't, right? There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. So, so anyway, so, well, cool. We're glad to have you here. Um, I, I guess let's start out now that that little bit of banter is done. Um, let's just start out and have you introduce yourself, um, you know, where you, where you, who you are, where you, what you do and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I'm, as you said, I'm Ann Tompkinson. I live in Washington, D.C. Uh, I actually live in the city. A lot of people say they're from Washington, but um, I always had said I was from Washington, but really I was from the Maryland suburbs. And about eight years ago, we moved into the city, and I realized how different that is. So I am honestly from Washington, D.C. I live in the city. I work in the city. Um, I've been in HR for about 14 years. Um, my original career was as a sign language interpreter, and I started doing HR, kind of edging into the HR space, working for government contracting agencies that provided sign language interpreters to the federal government. So that's kind of how I cut my teeth on HR, um, have moved out of that. I've done nonprofit. I've done for-profit, you know, a lot of different places. Um, most of the time I have been a department of one or in a like a really small shop, um, you know, with just with just a couple of folks. Um, I like that. Um, and then I've been doing a lot with uh, diversity and inclusion. I'm going to be uh, speaking at Disrupt HR in Richmond, Virginia in April. I'm pretty excited and a little intimidated. Um, mm. Or I'm a lot intimidated and a little excited. It depends on the minute that you hit me. Um, yeah, that's yeah, the, that's who that, I am. There so, you go. So it, it, thanks. Um, we'll 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 dig a little deeper into some of those things. Uh, Ignite is is super fun, uh, great concept that uh, I don't know if she created it. I think it was actually created by somebody else, but kind of run mm-hmm. uh, run these days by Jennifer McClure, and it really has taken off into mm-hmm. a lot of markets. Um, 
I think there's a couple hundred cities with Ignites. I've done a few of those. Um, they are intimidating. They are fun. Some of the events are huge. Some are only 20 people. Um, have you have you attended one before, or is that your first time for both, speaking and, and attending? Yeah, my first time for both. Um, honestly, I, I submitted for it, and when I got it, I reached out to some of my um, HR tribe friends and said, oh, no, I got accepted. And they said, what? Oh, no? I said, no, really? Oh, no, I got accepted. Um, so now I'm I'm feverishly putting slides together. The, the hard part for me, honestly, is the slides. If I were given a five-minute talk, I would tend to not use any PowerPoint. Um, so coming up with fun and interesting visuals to go along with the talk is probably my biggest challenge. But there again, I've got the HR tribe. Jasmine Wilkes has sent me slides. Wendy Daly has sent me slides. Um, other people have read my script and given me feedback. So I feel like I've got um, I've got the support of my tribe to get me through this. It's uh, I think the challenge. Uh, I think I think the hardest part. You're right. A five minute talk about anything is, is, with no slides is you know piece of cake. But I think the right. hardest part there is the is the the pace. You know with ignite the trying to keep make sure that you don't lose your spot and if you miss a slide. You know, it's possible to come back, but you have to be pretty agile on your feet. So it's uh, it, 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 it's easy to lose your cool, and if that happens, um, you know, it can the whole the five minutes can seem unbearably long. But um, otherwise, it's they're great fun, and I think there's the ones I've I've been to one in Cleveland, I've been to one in Atlanta, I've been to one I don't know where else, a couple other places. They all have a lot of them have great information, and and the speakers really do a nice job. So I I think it's a uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a well done thing. One of these days, I hope to incorporate some style of presentation like that, in, not into my whole event that I run for my organization, but as a part of an event. I think it would be fun to just have a, you know, half an hour set aside. And I, I know they have some of that type of stuff at Work Human, and of course the Smart Stage and some of the other stuff that mm-hmm. they do at Sherm. So trying to figure those out. Yeah, so it's it, it, it's fun. It sets a different tone and everything else. Um, one of the things we talked about a couple minutes ago was um, mm-hmm. in the pre-show, I, I, and this this is a serious topic. I've, I've noticed it as I you know as I've been as I've been following along in the in the Sherm 18 stuff, and I've noticed that you have a couple mm-hmm. of hashtags that you created, and that you have these posts that come out, I, I guess, on a daily basis. And one of them is anti-racism for Lent, hashtag anti-racism for Lent, which is long. And then the other one is hashtag mm-hmm. every day of anti-racist. Um, I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, curious, I'm curious about that and how you decided to get started on that and how it's gone for you. So if you don't mind talking about that for a bit, that would be great. Sure, I'd be happy to talk about that. So um, it's interesting because that's not, I don't consider that to be HR related, except that everything in life is interrelated. And so, um, and I know that most of my, most people who follow me on Twitter, I know from HR networking. So I feel like I'm speaking to an HR audience when I do that. But it really came out of, I have a friend on Facebook um, who is um, an African-American friend and he kind of put out a challenge and he said, I wonder how many of my white friends would be willing to take this challenge for Lent where you put something out every day with ways that other white people can combat racism. 
And he added the hashtag anti-racism for Lent. And somebody else said, I just always use the hashtag everyday anti-racist. And I kind of like that one too. So I said, I'll take your challenge and I'll do it on Twitter because I've got a broader audience there. I keep Facebook very, very personal. It's just very close friends and family. So I thought, well, I could say it to them, but they've heard it from me before anyway. Um, So the challenge has been every day for Lent, so it's 40 days, I'm almost done, um, to come up with something different ways that I'm really speaking to white people who want to combat racism, um, with the concept being that people of color are combating this every single day just by living, right? And, um, And it can be very easy as a white person functioning in this society to not pay attention because it it doesn't it, it the whole system is set up to work for us and so you can just sort of blindly go along and never really think about it so the challenge has been to come up with things um with very few characters because i've got two long hashtags in there um of just simple things that people can do and the idea behind it is to take this 40 days and just make people aware just make people think um about the the big and little ways that we're living our lives that we can be doing things to change the system. And um I was I um I'm taking a a class, a local class called Race Literacy 101 here in DC and um in a small group last night we were talking about it and one of the one of the people in the class said, you know, the only way this is going to happen is we have to be disruptors. And I thought, right, disruption, it's everywhere in my life. HR talks about disrupting HR. You're talking about disrupting the system. So um, I, to me, they're they're very interrelated, but this particular hashtag, specifically HR. How, um, hmm, uh, sorry, um, two questions, and I can't decide which one to ask first. Um, how, how has it been received in your, in your group, whether it's the HR community or your larger mm-hmm. network? Uh, of people, how, how, what, what have people had interesting reactions? Has it spurred conversations, or or is it something else? Um, so the reaction to me has been overwhelmingly positive. I am assuming that um, if people didn't like it, they just quietly unfollowed me. Um, I don't. I I'm not technologically savvy enough to figure out like how to figure out who's following me, who's dropped off, who's come back. Um, so I haven't worried about it. If if this turns people off, then they can go away. Um, a little bit I have felt like this is probably preaching to the choir. This is the kind of thing that you put out there and people who already buy into this the whole concept say, yeah, right, this is good, um, and people who don't just turn away. Um, I've had a lot of people of color who have retweeted and said, thank you, I really appreciate this. And then I've had a lot of white friends who have said, yeah, this is thought-provoking, I really appreciate it, it's making me think, it's making me look at things um, differently. And that's the goal. And honestly, if one person really feels challenged to think about their life differently because of it, um, I will feel like it was successful. Yeah. Um, I, I, I... I guess what what I yeah that so like I you know so often in, in Facebook threads um, whether it's about gun right gun control or you know LGBTQ stuff there there can be it seems as though there are tons of people who want to latch on and you know uh, really share their you know differing point of view you know they disagree and it's 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 public but they don't necessarily know you and 
you know, there just seems to be a lot of that and it gets really tiresome, but um, I was just, I was curious about that, about the reaction. I also, I also appreciate the way that you share it in that it is, it is, it's a statement about your belief or something that you've thought about, but you're not necessarily preaching, you know, that this is the only way to think or, or that this is the point of view everybody should have. You just kind of offer it up. And I, I like that approach, but I I didn't really have a chance to go back and kind of look at the conversation. So I was really curious about that. I had, um, you've had a number of discussions about, you know, like uh, black blogs matter and the me too, uh, the me too movement. And actually I've, I've been working on slides, kind of a opening remarks for the conference we're going to have with the organization I run in, in, in Tampa in a couple of weeks. And, um, sort of the executive summary of that is uh, outside of labor law and employment law and things that we focus on is that there's, you know, this just this really huge, huge pace of change, pace of change on so many issues and that there seem to be so many movements and campaigns developing right now. And, and you know, I mean, you, me too, you know, no more guns, whatever, whatever they are at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm thinking about that a lot. So I was I appreciate you sharing the the uh, insight. I noticed in your Twitter file that you uh, that you're 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 kind of interested in that stuff, right? I mean, you you had you talk about being passionate about HR and inclusion and justice and Jesus. Um, so this is just one thing. Um, what what do you do in terms of inclusion um, and that sort of thing, or is it is it more just personal? Those are personal callings. Um, I. So I think one of the things that I love about being in HR is that it's a profession that lends itself to being active in things that I'm personally passionate about, right? So um, I am I'm on the board of a small nonprofit here in D.C. called Little Lights Urban Ministries, and we serve um, underserved children and families living in public housing, which is predominantly African-American children living in poverty. And, um, and so this is something that's been really kind of close to my heart for a long time. And in HR, I'm able to kind of marry that with what that should look like in the business world. And so I've, I've written a, a, a little bit about that in my blogs. Um, I got to host a next chat that was about diversity and inclusion after the SHRM DNI conference last October. I'm going to work human. I'm really excited. My first time ever. Um, I, uh, it's actually the topic I'm going to speak about at Disrupt HR in Richmond. Um, and it's something that I, I work at at work. Um, it's always been something that's been important. Even in my sign language interpreting career, I was active in trying to um, create pipelines for more people of color to become sign language interpreters because the field um, is not diverse enough to match the population of deaf people that are being served. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's important to me in my work. I think about it in all of the different things that I'm doing at work from recruiting and creating recruiting pipelines to make sure that people of color are represented, um, to creating spaces in organizations where I work to make sure that, um, people of color, women, um, LGBTQ, like all the different things that we think about when it comes to diversity, diversity of thought, generation, that all of those different kind of things we think about, that everybody feels welcome and that everybody feels valued. And trying to 
um, create conversations, I think, at work for people to think about diversity differently so that it's not just checking a box, but it's really opening yourself up to different worldviews and opening yourself up to different, you know, people come in with their own paradigm of what the world should look like and opening yourself up to say, hmm, mine isn't the only one. Mine isn't the only one that's right. There are a lot of different ways to be right. Um, and, and creating diversity in our workspaces through that openness of sharing and opening up ourselves. Uh, kind of like, you know, if there's, there's a saying about, you know, you, you, the, the more you travel, the more open your mind is going to be and you can't travel the world and stay really narrow-minded. You can do that right. at work too if you're deliberate about it. If you're deliberate about it and really trying to open your mind and see the way that other people are coming at things and not just saying, well, my way is right. Well, it may be, but somebody else's way is also right. Um, and looking at those and being open and trying to make that happen in the workplace. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great that's a great philosophy. Um, uh, my uh, my my wife had surgery a few weeks ago, and I put on Facebook, you know, something to the effect of, you know, need some good vibes for my wife. Uh, she's having a serious surgery tomorrow, and you know, and as usual, a number of people responded, you know, and it was obviously just you know as a way to make me feel a little better while I was stressed. But one person in particular, and somebody I don't even know came in and shared their thought, you know, which was kind of two-pronged. One was, I'm praying for your wife. Vibes won't do it. Only Jesus will. And I was like, okay. You know, that, that they had to, like, mm -hmm. insert that that little, you know, and I, I respect – it was hard not to be uh, feel a little uncharitable. You know, it was kind of like I was – this isn't really the place for that. In my, but anyway, right. so I was – but, it, I, you know, I, I got over it in a hurry, but I think that's – you know, when I go back to, like, when people are jumping on threads, that seems – a lot of that seems to happen in our society today. Anyway, um, I, anyway, appreciate appreciate that. I'm curious about the sign language thing. How did you um, – how did you – start in that where what, what led you into that and then and then from there into HR which is kind of an interesting path. Uh sure. So I um let's see, how can I tell this story really briefly? So I got married very young, started having kids, didn't go to college. Uh when okay. my children were young, I took a sign language in, uh sign language class at my church just for fun. Uh found that mm -hmm. I had a knack for it. Um realized from talking to the people teaching the class that Interpreting is a really great, flexible career. Um, there's uh, the Washington, D.C. area has Gallaudet University, which is the only um, liberal arts university for deaf people in the country, maybe the world, certainly the country. Um, the federal government is the largest employer of persons with disabilities. So a lot of deaf people here, a lot of work for an interpreter. You can work as little or as much as you want. So we thought, well, we're not putting any money away for the kids to go to college. I can go and become a sign language interpreter and be the kids' college fund. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then I went to school and got a degree in interpreting and started working. And, yeah, the younger my kids were, I was just doing a little bit while they were in school. And then as they they went off to college, I was doing it full time um, to do just what we said, to put them through school. Um, mm -hmm. And... I loved interpreting, but I found that I also really liked sort of the behind the scenes making the organization work a lot. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I kept getting involved in that and getting more and more involved in that. And then I found that while I, I was a good interpreter, I enjoyed the management 
piece of things more. I feel like I really, I came into my own as a leader more. Um, I came into my, you know, I, I owned my own voice more by getting into the HR management side of things. Um, and then, honestly, the older I got, the harder the interpreting was just physically. And I thought, well, I <laughs> can't see myself doing I can't see myself physically being able to do this for the rest of my, you know, working years. So I've got to make this yeah. switch. And it really was not, it wasn't a difficult switch to make. Um, I, I loved my years as an interpreter. I look back on them fondly, but I'm really happy where I am now. Cool. Um, must, uh, is, it a, is it a skill that, you, I mean, is it something that you have to work on to retain, or are you still able to sign, you know, because, like, I, I stink at second languages. I barely speak English well, let alone learning sign. I, my wife speaks German. My daughter speaks Spanish and Portuguese. I'm, like, I'm so jealous, but I just can't do it. Does it. Is it a skill that you have to practice to retain, or are you still good at it? You, you definitely have to practice it to retain it. If you're not in the language all the time, you're going to lose it. I would say that I I retain enough to have a conversation. I do not retain enough to actually be able to interpret. So there's the there's the part where you know a second language and you can be fluent in that second language, and that's one skill. And then the skill of being able to interpret in your mind back and forth between the two is a whole different skill set, and that's the piece that I don't, I don't know how quickly that would come back. Like, I don't know how hard. I feel like if I got plopped down in a room with a bunch of deaf people within a couple hours, I'd be right back up to com- conversing with them easily and smoothly. Um, but to actually be able to interpret, to think in two languages at the same time, to put out uh, something coherent from one language to the other, I don't know that I could ever get that back at this point, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I can totally relate. So we're so this has been fascinating. We have eight minutes and 20 seconds left. We, this show is supposed to be about okay. Sherm 18, so we should probably talk about that before we run out of time. Um, but, sure. um, so, so your blog, your blog. Let's start there real quick. How long have you been blogging, and why did you decide to start with a blog? I have been blogging since uh, since I left Sherm 17. So, last okay. year, uh, uh, Sherm 17 was my first national conference, and after I signed up for it, um, in all of the the stuff, the emails and stuff that you get from Sherm, telling you how you can get ready for the conference. One of the things was, you know, join the Sherm bloggers on NextChat. And at that point, mm-hmm. a year ago, a year ago, February, I was not on Twitter, which is okay, almost impossible for me to believe. Um, but right. I joined the NextChat and I got in with all of the all the folks there and got really into it and stayed on NextChat even when it wasn't about Sherm. And so there was a little NextChat um, reception at Sherm 17, and I was talking to Mary Kaler, and she said, "You should start a blog." And I thought about it for a while, and with the encouragement of some other people, I figured, well, I'll try it. We'll see where it leads. And so I started my blog, I guess, last July. Um, I started out, I'm going to post something twice a week, no matter what, and I did pretty good for a while. And now I'm like, eh, if I get something twice a month, I, I, I have to have something <laughs> to say. At the, at the beginning, it was, you yeah. know, I'm just going to do this for the sake of doing this. And also at the beginning, I had, you know, all of these different thoughts and, and going, and now you know, if I get something out a couple of times a month, but I've stayed active in NextChat, and um, I blogged a lot around, like I said, the the Diversity Inclusion Conference in San Francisco last October, and so mm-hmm. I was delighted to be chosen as a Sherm blogger this year, um, being Excellent. kind of a newbie at it so, still. 
Yeah, so so you, you're over the first time conference experience, which some of the bloggers we've talked about that, and uh, we've covered I think most of the tips, not you know in, in previous shows. So I guess what I'm curious sure. about is what's your plan of attack or how you're going to hack the you know blogging at the conference this time around versus how you approached it last year. Yeah, well, you know, of course, last year I wasn't blogging yet. Um, I was barely tweeting, so I would tweet here and there, and I would watch people who were able to tweet at the same time that they were in a session. I think I don't, I don't understand this multitasking. <laughs> um, I've, I've gotten better. I can do it now. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was talking about this with Tamara Raspberry, actually, and um, we were talking about how when we got the invitation to join the team, reading the requirements, it didn't look any different from what I would have done anyway. Um, the expectation right. from the requirements is that you don't have to blog while you're actually at the conference. Blog ahead of time, blog afterward, tweet during the conference. And that's how I roll. And I've heard other people talk about, well, have a blog sort of halfway written and posted at the conference. And I'm fairly certain that I will not post a blog while I am in Chicago. Um, I will post stuff up until, and when I get home, I'll post some reflections, but I, I don't think that I'm going to post during. I'm going to live tweet a lot. Um, I am looking forward to meeting the bloggers. Um, there's, uh, you know, a lot of them I already know from Twitter, and then a lot of them I don't know at all, or maybe I follow them on Twitter, but we've never had any real interaction. So I'm looking forward to meeting them. Um, I want to balance out, you know, I did the, the regular rookie mistake last year of trying to get in sessions all the time and not build any downtime and, you know, kind of blew off the smart stage because it's so short. And then I got exhausted toward the end and I went to the smart stage and thought, oh my gosh, I've been missing this all along. Um, so I, I, I want to do a good mix of, I want to pick some sessions that really speak to me where I am in my career right now. Um, I want to pick some sessions that really speak to me because the presenters are somebody that I, I really want to hear speak. Um, but I want to leave a lot of time for just sort of serendipity and see what happens. I want to interact with the other bloggers. I really want to at, interact with people that are not kind of in the tribe. I think, you know, there's mm -hmm. what 15,000 people attend this thing and our tribe is big, but it's not that big. And I think that there are a lot of people out there um, that don't know the importance of having their own group or their own tribe and don't know how to build one. And I want to, those are the people that I'm really looking forward to interacting with, um, whether they kind of get on Twitter and join what we've got or they build some other network at the conference that they can take home with them um, in whatever that looks like for them. That's probably the thing that I'm most excited about kind of using this platform to introduce the other, you know, 14,000, however many, uh, to the concept of building a tribe and why that's important. I was I was that person for several years, especially back in the when Twitter was in 2008 when I first joined. And, you know, people would say, "Well, I have email and that's enough," and I'd be like, "Stop, stop!" You know. And anyway, I finally I finally had to learn to relax a little because uh, I didn't like being a preacher any more than I liked being preached to. But it was I was so passionate about it. Um, it's cool though to see. I, I've kind of rediscovered uh, Twitter through this through this exercise of these podcasts. Because it, it it was for a while it just turned into my my newspaper and now it seems like there's a more uh, a resurgence of conversation which I missed uh, and so I've been spending more time on Twitter and less time on Facebook as a result of that so keep uh, 
keep fighting that fight. I don't do it as much as I used to, but um, it's good to know that people are still trying to do it. Um, so you live in Washington, which is, I don't want to, I, I was going to ask you a couple things about Washington, D.C., but we don't have time. I love Washington, D.C. I love Chicago. Um, I, I, I assume you've been to Chicago before. Any, uh, anything no, you're going to do not. there outside? Of, oh, really? Okay. So I have never been. So the one thing I'm going to do, the one thing that I really want to do because I've been I've been listening to these podcasts is the the riverboat architecture tour. Um, you have talked it up, and I'm ready to uh, go. I'm really looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Um, and then you know the food and I don't know, Buddy Guy's House of Blues. We'll see. I, I I'm going to leave it open. I'm less about exploring the city than I am hanging out with folks. And so where they want to explore is where I'm going to go explore. Yeah, because there's plenty of hanging out and there's plenty of places, plenty of people who like to go places. So yeah, you, you can mm-hmm. you can fully engage. That. We're down to the last yep. minute and a half. Um, I should probably have you give your blog site URL and your Twitter uh, handle. Okay, um, my Twitter handle is Ann Tomk, A N N E T O M K. It's just an abbreviation of my name. Um, and my blog, I am not fancy. I'm using a WordPress site. So it's hrunderground.wordpress.com. Okay. And you can find me on LinkedIn cool. at Ann Tompkinson. Ann Tompkinson on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. In the last 50 seconds, any one last close, closing thought related to Sherman 18? Uh, a last closing thought. Um Come and experience it. Don't set a whole lot of expectations. Just live in the moment and see what happens. And if you're not going, follow the not at Sherm hashtag and you're still going to, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to feel plugged in. You're going to feel involved. You can still feel connected even if you're not there yourself. Awesome. Thanks for being our guest today, Anne. It was a pleasure to have you on drive through and I will look forward greatly to meeting you in person in Chicago in a couple of months. Actually, we can meet next week at Work Human, right? Oh, well, I forgot. I'll look forward to it even yeah. sooner. So, <laughs> I forgot. Absolutely. Yeah, ended. Thank you so much, <laughs> Mike. I've really appreciated being a guest on your, on your show. Thank you're, you. You're welcome, and have, have a good holiday weekend. I'll, I'll talk to you next week, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Bye.